Greetings of the day. I, Ashima Vij, on behalf of APS Mamun, welcome you all at our podcast, Words, Birds, with the theme, Constitution Day. Constitution Day is also known as Samvidhan Divas and is celebrated in our country on 26th November every year to commemorate the adoption of Constitution of India. On 26th November 1949, the Constituent Assembly of India adopted the Constitution of India, which came into effect from 26th January 1950. The Constitution Day is celebrated to promote constitutional values among citizens. Let's move to our section Igniting the Minds with Mrs. Nitika on the topic Importance of Constitution Day. Good morning, everyone. This is Nitika Gupta, and I'm going to speak on the importance of Constitution. The Constitution of India is a document containing the framework of the political system, the duties, rights, limitations and structure of the government that this nation ought to follow. It also spells out the rights and duties of the Indian citizens. Nobody in India, not even the Prime Minister or the President, has the power to do anything that violates the constitutional rule. The Indian constitution is the lengthiest constitution in the world. It has 448 articles organized into 25 parts and 12 schedules. Our country is so big with so many cultures, castes and religions and with so many states that people who drafted the constitution had to focus on the minutest of the detail. Besides, the constitution has been amended many times and new rules and laws have been added. As a result, the constitution of India became the lengthiest constitution in the world. The beautiful thing about our constitution is it it can be modified if a political party has a supermajority and yet it is not easily modifiable. The Supreme Court has ruled that no provision of the constitution can be with the aim to destroy that provision. At the same time, nobody has the right to tweak the basic structure of the constitution. Unlike the British constitution, our constitution is completely written with no ambiguity. It focuses on the minutest aspects of the political, executive and the legal systems of the country. And it also focuses on the fundamental rights and duties of the citizens of India. The Indian constitution prescribes that India should have a dual governance, the centre and the regional states. It also ruled that the country must have the three pillars of democracy, legislative system, executive system and the judiciary. Hence, the Indian constitution supports a federal structure. However, the constitution has also been given some extra power to the centre. The centre has the power to preside over matters that concerns both the centre as well the states. It has the power to announce emergency. It can modify the constitution and the state has no power to oppose that modification. The preamble to the constitution is the soul of it. The preamble says that India is a sovereign country and it is ruled and managed by the Indians and Indians only. Political parties come and go. What remains largely unchanged is the constitution of India. It is the holy book of the Indian Republic. Thank you.
greeting of the day i shivani sharma is going to update you with the school news in our section school flyers our first news is cbse term 1 board examination have started with class 10th it exam and sst on 30th november and 12th first exam going to take place on 3rd december our second news is our school inspection was held under the ages of aweas on 23rd and 24th november which was a great success and our third news is our student who had gone for playing nationals in goa have brought laurels to the school girls team under 17 in basketball have won gold medal under 17 basketball boys has also won gold under 14 both boys and girl category 1 gold and in taekwondo we have won four gold medals three silver medal and one bronze medal i heartily congratulate the winners thank you after china india is the second most populous nation in the world but india has something that china does not an unbroken record of democratic elections since its independence from the british rule in 1947 this is in itself a remarkable feat if you consider that the ethnic religious and linguistic diversity of india is wider than that of the europe and it is precisely this diversity that led to countless commentators both foreign and domestic doubting that india could exist as a single secular republic india may have mitigated doubts on this front but its diversity and geographic size have proven challenging in other respects india was born of a british decision to partition its former indian empire into muslim and hindu majority states that is pakistan and india violence and mass migration ensued and the event has soured a relation between the two nations ever since as well as the leading to numerous wars but in the face of incredible adversities the republic of india lives on within its border over 1 billion people speaking over 720 languages and dialects participate in democratic elections on a regular basis and although its democracy has occasionally faced perils the future looks bright for this up and coming south asian nation with these words i invite rahat of class plus 2 to review this great book on india called india after gandhi by ramchandran guha greetings of the day today i rahat chaudhry going to review this historical book india after gandhi by ramachandra guha India became independent from the British Empire on 15 August 1947. Britishers ruled over 300 million Indians who spoke hundreds of languages and practiced many different religions. The prevailing opinion among the British elite was that India as a whole would never be fit for a self-rule. How could a country with more ethnicities, languages and religions than all of Europe survive as a united self-ruled republic? The Indian National Congress INC formed in 1885 disagreed. Their goal was to move people across India regardless of language, race or religion towards a single Indian sense of nationality. They believed that India could be an independent state. It was only after the Second World War that the British position on Indian India changed. 
the war crippled britain economically to such an extent that it was unable to maintain an expensive colonial empire so finally inc demanded for an independent india on august 15 1947 india was born in a form of democratic republic This achievement was remarkable in many respects. The INC's mission to unite all of India involved the approval of over 500 autonomous Asian regions known as the princely states to join together in the new democratic experiment. Only 3 abstained from joining the new India. Two of them were Junagar and Hyderabad and the third the Jammu and Kashmir became a more complicated issue as we will explore later. The unity of India was an exceptional success in a political history. Speeches and prayers conducted on Independence Day celebrated in the capital of New Delhi began with a with an invocation to the father of nation Mahatma Gandhi. But Gandhi, a man whose efforts in uniting uniting india has been integral to this special occasion was not in delhi celebrating instead he had just started a 24 hour fast in calcutta his fast was a protest against the against the hindu muslim violence that had led to british india being partitioned into two nations india and pakistan The majority practice Hinduism in India but at the country's northeast and northwest Islam was in the majority. With the reality of partition settling in, fears of increased religious violence led to over 10 million refugees both Hindu and Muslim migrating between the two nations. Never in the human history had so many people been forced to migrate in such a short period of time. Many of Hindu politicians were not happy with Gandhi's attempt to protect Indian Muslim. On Jan 30, 1948, Nathuram Godse shot him dead during a prayer meeting. The partition of India was caused by many factors. It's impossible to attribute blame for partition to one party or a person, but actions by the Britishers, INC and Indian Muslim politician resulting in the bloodiest period in the modern indian history the britishers were ultimately somehow responsible for the religious division because when british organized election during the last decade of the raj muslim could only vote for muslim and hindu for hindus the inc was also at fault they had ignored repeated calls for political cooperation from the muslim league while completely ignored by INC Jinnah finally declared his goal of an independent muslim state pakistan in 1940 the actual process of partitioning india involved british administrator drawing borders on maps of northern india these borders split communities based on religious majority India-Pakistan relations were immediately damaged by territorial disputing, particularly in Jammu and Kashmir. The Prince of Jammu and Kashmir wished to remain neutral, but small group of pro-Pakistan rebel attacked the Prince forces on the day, day Pakistan was granted independence. Prince knew that if he called India for military help, the prize would be Jammu and Kashmir becoming part of India, but he had no other choice. India's new Prime Minister Jawaharlal Nehru decided to take the matter to the UN. 
In 1948, fighting resumed in Jammu and Kashmir, but it became clear that India would have to invade Pakistan proper to advance further. A stalemate ensured along what became known as the line of control. The unofficial border persists to the present day and the conflict remains unsolved. India's formative years involved handling refugee crisis and drafting a constitution. The partition of Punjab resulted in hundreds of thousands of non-Muslim West Punjabi settling on the Indian side of the border. Refugee camps were set up everywhere. Indian government began dividing up the land. The Indian constitution set out to achieve twin revolution, one national and one social. The national revolution was to allow democracy and liberty in a nation that had been denied during British rule. And the social revolution was held for women and the members of lower caste that had been denied equality due to religious value and traditionalism. The early 1950s saw India's first journal election as well as the country's finding its place in the world. Many problems stood in the way of a successful election, particularly the fact that 85% of the population couldn't read or write. In a surprise, the election went smoothly and democratically. 60% turnout was recorded and INC received a healthy majority in parliament. And India was now officially the world's largest democracy. India's society and economy changed for the better throughout the 1950s. In the country's first five-year plan, agricultural reform was at the top of the agenda. The second five-year plan was focused on rapid industrial expansion. The major goal of these plans was to make India a self-sufficient country. Earlier in the decade, India and China had gotten off on a good footing particularly, but Due to some territory dispute, on October 1962, China launched a surprised attack across the Himalayas. But the coming of winters and US military aid to India, China convinced to retreat back to the line which came to be known as line of actual control. India's defeat and loss of territory were the lowest point of Nehru's tenure as a prime minister. After 17 years as Prime Minister, Nehru died in 1964. Eventually, Nehru's daughter Indira Gandhi was chosen to continue where her father had left off. In 1971, millions of refugees came to India from East Pakistan and full war broke out between India and Pakistan. After 13 days of war, Pakistani forces surrendered and East Pakistan became a new nation, Bangladesh, and a good friendly neighbor of India. On June 25, 1975, Indira Gandhi declared a state of emergency. Opposition MPs and leaders were imprisoned, civil liabilities were abolished, and freedom of press were controlled. Indira Gandhi's brief dictatorship was something that had never happened before in Indian post-independence policy. When opposition party leaders were released, they formed a new political forces, the Janda Party. In March 1977 election, the game was up for Mrs. Gandhi. But 
it didn't take long for the janta party to fail into the same habit of corruption nepotism and favoritism indians now had what they saw as a team of jokers in charge of the country india in 1980s saw religious tension and also saw increase in economic liberalization and the end of inc domination The INC's strategy began to affect its political prospect in the run up to the 1989 election. Side by side, Hindu nationalists were now demanding that a temple to be built at Ayodhya and the mosque should be destroyed. In 1998, BJP led coalition government for 5 years. Hindu nationalism was now the dominant political force. After 5 years of BJP rule, INC came back in term in 2004 elections. The Indian economy has seen a huge growth in service sector after 2001. Kicking off liberalization in 1980s also played its role, allowing private companies to operate in India, thus it maintained balance between the government and market forces. After independence from Britain in 1947, India faced religious violence, refugee crisis and poverty. Still, India has retained a strong democratic system. The unity of India was an exceptional success in political history. Namaskar चर्पिंग बर्ड्स में मैं अफीना आपका स्वागत करती हूँ जैसे कि आप जानते हैं हर साल 26 नवंबर को हम कॉन्स्टिट्यूशन डे मनाते हैं इस दिन को मनाने की शुरुआत 2015 से हुई थी तो इस बार चर्पिंग बर्ड्स में हम लेके आए हैं हमारा प्रियम्बल प्रियम्बल को हम कॉन्स्टिट्यूशन की आत्मा भी कहते हैं तो आइए सुनते हैं कक्षा पाँच की छात्र दिया सीजू की आवाज में हमारा प्रियम्बल द कॉन्स्टिट्यूशन ऑफ इंडिया प्रियम्बल वी द पीपल ऑफ इंडिया हैविंग सो लिमली रिजॉल्व टू कॉन्स्टिट्यूट इंडिया इन टू अवरीन सोशलिस्ट सेक्युलर डेमोक्रेटिक रिपब्लिक एंड टू सिक्योर टू ऑल इट्स सिटीजन जस्टिस सोशल इकोनॉमिक एंड पोलिटिकल लिबर्टी ऑफ थॉट एक्सप्रेशन belief faith and worship equality of status and of opportunity and to promote among them all fraternity assuring the dignity of the individual and the unity and integrity of the nation in a constituent assembly this 26th day of november 1949 do hereby adopt enact and give to ourselves this constitution thank you Namaskar I Shekhar Sharma along with my student Vishali welcome you all in the last section of our podcast that is deliberations and today we are going to discuss about constitution of india so vishali my first question to you is what is constitution a constitution is an aggregate of fundamental principles or established precedents that constitute the legal basis of a polity organization or other type of entity and commonly determine how that entity is to be governed
when these principles are written down into a single document or set of legal documents those documents may be said to embody a written constitution if they are encompassed in a single comprehensive document it is said to embody a codified constitution constitutions concern different levels of organizations from sovereign countries to companies and unincorporated associations a treaty which establishes an international organization is also its constitution in that it would define how that organization is constituted within states a constitution defines the principles upon which the state is based the procedure in which laws are made and by whom some constitutions specially codified constitutions also act as limiters of state power by establishing lines which a state rulers cannot cross such as fundamental rights the constitution of india is the longest written constitution of any country in the world with 146385 words in its english language version while the constitution of monaco is the shortest written constitution with 3814 words the constitution of san marino might be the world oldest active written constitution since some of its core documents have been incorporated since 1600 while the constitution of the united states is the oldest active codified constitution this historical life expectancy of a constitution since 1789 is approximately 19 years sir what makes indian constitution so unique the indian constitution is the most unique and the longest written constitution in the world which originally had 395 articles divided into 22 parts and 8 schedules according to article 368 of the constitution the parliament can make amendment to the constitution as per the needs however the apex courts held that except the basic structure every part of the constitution can be modified any old or new law violating the basic structure of the constitution is unconstitutional and will be invalidated by the courts the constitution of india identifies only single citizenship in the us there is provision of dual citizenship in india people are citizens only of india not of any respective state to which they belong this provision would help to promote harmony and integrity of the nation The 44th Amendment Act of 1979 guarantees Indians six fundamental rights which are right to equality, right to freedom, right to freedom of religion, cultural and educational rights, right against exploitation and right to constitutional remedies. But along with the rights we also have fundamental duties. Directive Principles of State Policy mentions certain guidelines for states. 
with the objective of socio-economic development. All three governments of the country, central, state and local, are ex expected to frame welfare policies in accordance with the parts of the constitution. The constitution of India is set to strike the perfect balance between rigidity and flexibility. Some provisions of the constitution can be amended very easily while the others can only be amended with complex processes. Universal adult franchise promote the policy of one person, one vote. Every individual of 18 years and above has right to vote irrespective of his age, gender, race, color, religion, etc. The preamble of the constitution amended by the 42nd amendment in 1976 states, we the people of India, having solemnly resolved to constitute India into a sovereign socialist secular democratic republic and to secure to its citizens justice, liberty, equality and fraternity. If we talk about judiciary, it keeps an eye on the functioning of legislature and executive. And if the judiciary feels that there is a need of some more effective policies or laws on a certain topic of public and national importance, the judiciary can suggest or make temporary laws in favor of those topics. The Constitution of India gives the judiciary a right to review each law and further declare them as unconstitutional or invalid according to the decisions. Vishali, why we have included preamble in our constitution? The preamble sets the stage for the constitution. It clearly communicates the intentions of the framers and the purpose of the document. The preamble to the constitution of India presents the principles of the constitution and indicates the sources of its authority. It was adopted on 26th November 1949 by the Constituent Assembly and came into effect on 26th January 1950, celebrated as the Republic Day of India. Preamble is a sort of introduction to the statue and it helps in understanding the legislative intent and polity. The preamble of our constitution is part of the constitution but is not enforceable by courts. The preamble is non-justifiable. This means that courts cannot pass order against the government of India to implement the ideas in the preamble. The preamble of the constitution sets forth the five essential characteristics and four objectives of the Indian constitution. The concept of sovereign, socialist, secular, democratic republic and the objective of justice, liberty, equality and fraternity are very much enshrined in our constitution. It lays down the main objectives which the legislation intend to achieve. Preamble of the constitution contain ideals which the constitution seeks to achieve. Sir, can humans live without the rules of the constitution? A good place to start is to imagine life in a world without rules, apart from our bodies following some very strict and complex biological laws, without which we would be all doomed. 
the very words i'm speaking now follow the rules of english in byronic moment of artistic individualism i might dreamily think of liberating myself from them but would this new linguistic freedom really do me any good or set my thought free lord byron was a notorious rule breaker in his personal life but he was also a stickler for rhyme and meter in his poem when we two parted for example byron writes about forbidden love a love that broke the rules but does do so by precisely following some well established poetic rules and many would argue it is more powerful for it the poem goes like this in secret we met in silence i grieve that thy heart could forget thy spirit deceive if i should meet thee after long years how should i greet thee with silence and tears consider too how rules are a sense of sports games puzzles even when their entire purpose is supposedly fun the rule of chess say can trigger a tantrum if want to castle to get out of check but find that they say i can't or if i find your pawn getting to my side of the board and turning into a queen rook knight or bishop similarly find me a football fan who hasn't at least one rage against the offside rule but chess or football without rules wouldn't be chess or football they would be entirely formless and meaningless activities indeed a game with no rules is no game at all actually rules are everywhere in nature we find rules in day and night in seasons in waves everywhere there are rules and nature is working perfectly so we should also follow the same path to lead near perfect lives we should follow rules